Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two, whilst occasionally sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing with this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report week commencing 21st of August 2023. Well, the big hit this week is the new MAGA hats that are out there. The Making Agriculture Great Again Doing Grain Hats proving very popular and we had a little box of them to give away and they've all gone in a thrice so we've ordered a few more because they are just like as usual spot on our advertising team that brought you do it with doing have now come up with something else just as offensive to some people and it seems to be talked about which is quite funny and enjoyable for us anyway moving on from making agriculture great again where do we start this week? In Norfolk, it feels like we're over the, the hump, if you like. We're cruising down the other side. Predominantly, it's wheat that's left to be cut. There's not much barley out there. Apologies to anyone who has still a field out there. But, you know, generally speaking, I've got to report what's going on. And you have to feel a bit sorry for other parts of the country who are just about to get going. And there is a hideous weather forecast for today, tonight, starting in the southwest and kind of heading up. It'll touch on East Anglia during the night, but I think it's going to whack into the north of England again and go into Scotland, and there's some fairly heavy rain and winds coming there. So that's not going to help the crop that is already arguably struggling a bit. Although they're trying to get on with it, and you know a lot rides on how well the north of England fares on their malting barley. The thing I want to comment about first is the molster is going to have to come to terms with a different quality crop than last year. It's the exact opposite of last season. And if you've only had one year's experience in taking stuff in, it ain't going to be like last year at all. So rejecting stuff willy-nilly, some years things aren't perfect and you have to adapt your attitude to it. The alternative for the grain trade, especially on spring barleys, is do I sell it to a molster and load by load get claims or rejections, or do I shove it onto a boat where there's a little bit more leniency on germination and all of the other things. And I suspect at the moment that slight weakening in the fob market is more to do with people choosing that route than selling it load by load to Molster. And I think that will change. At the moment, they're very relaxed. There's a lot of stock and so on. But it's not about the period now. It's about the carryover into next year's crop they've got to think about. And if most of the crops left the building because, you know, they weren't competing at the critical moment and it was easier to sell boats, and especially if the Danish crop does prove to be as bad as it looks, I think this could add up to quite an interesting time for the molsters to get the cover they want for the tail end of the season. That's not going to help prices right now for farmers. I think, if anything, the market has eased off a little bit. There's a limited amount of space. There's lots of wet grain out there. And, yeah, the fob value, which has kind of been the backbone of the market, has eased off as merchants have been selling and hedging some of the stuff they got bought. So I think... I think the mood at this moment is a slightly weaker, more damper mood. I don't see the market really dropping off. I would put a value, if if you've got winter malting barley, it's difficult to move. If you had some, it's probably about 210x 
and if it's spring barley, you'd probably be 220x, something like that, for immediate movement. If you look at November for winters, 240, and for springs, 250, I don't see that having moved much. Is it going to go up? I think it will in the longer run, in the very short run. The next month, two months, no, I don't think it will. A lot of people want to move stuff, and they'll be ready sellers of it. And there is product out there with clearly moisture problems. That one is going to be a very long-winded, miserable trading season, I think. It depends, as I say, where you're delivering it and how many rejections you're getting. So moving on to milling wheat. I had a miller, not not our favourite miller, but a another who uh, competes on farm with us. And he said, we don't say nice things about millers. I, I got a message back. So I'm going to say something nice. No, I'm not. You know, I am. Hagbergs. Hagbergs have held up more than we thought they would. So there should be the opportunity out there if you've got, you know, a variety that is usable for a a miller and they will move their goalposts quite readily because they can't slip off to Germany and buy lots of cargoes of that this year to replace it, which is their normal trick. Probably you farmers ought to sell all your milling wheat to Germany and then say, oh, sorry, we've run out because that's the opposite effect. But that's not nice to millers again. So let's be back to square one. Yeah, Hagbergs have held up. So therefore, there should be usable wheat out there that the, that the miller is going to be paying a decent premium for it so just bear that in mind if you've got a shed with a specific variety in it get it tested and you never know they might actually pay more than feed wheat or whatever so there's an exciting thought and that was nice for millers there we are everybody moving on uh, feed wheat plenty of demand into stores there's lots of people copying the one trick pony model of doing grain of having future stores and tendering it Clearly, that's the best market by country mile, so I suspect there'll be a lot of store registrations and a lot of uh, tenders on the November position. Probably that's why the November is beginning to look very weak relative to the rest of the market. So uh, anyone who's sitting long of November wheat futures, let's bear in mind that you're going to get it smack between the eyes comes to tender day because people will want the money and people have got a short position and are not going to buy it in. They're going to go, here you go, have it. So it's not so easy to borrow money from banks nowadays, so having some cash of yours would be a bit of a treat. The spread in between Nov and May on the futures has gone out to the best part of 14 quid, which doesn't quite reflect in ex-farm prices, but it's not far off. It is a mood changer. And once the November position comes off the board, the consumer buys his wheat basis May with a fallback from it. So I think that is good news from X-Farm values. They're going to improve a bit against where they have been against futures. This is a kind of backbone of everything that's going on in the background. I'll give you some prices in a second for everything. I gave you the malting barley ones. I might as well give you the feed wheat ones, actually, now I'm talking about it. So, so feed wheat, X-Farm harvest, 165. 175 delivered store harvest movement. If you're moving it in November, at this moment, you're somewhere round about... 172 or 3 something like that not very exciting feed barley there's a boat or two around at the moment so there's the prices have improved a bit feed barley worth about 150x farm not much excitement within that not many more boats in the near future i don't think i understand there's a feed wheat boat next week in yarmouth and possibly one out of ipswich so there's a little bit of movement on that i guess that's old sales and those stores or those ports have got to have throughput, so they're going to trade sometimes at a loss to make sure that things keep rolling. At the moment, our export value on feed wheat is it's lower than where the market is. So if we're hoping to export a surplus from the UK, that isn't going to happen in a hurry until we drop in price or the price of the rest of the world comes up. So one or the other will happen, I'm sure. In the short term, it's not particularly bullish in any respect. 
oilseed rape harvest movement is just about finished the harvest movement thing it's about 350 and for November oilseed rape 360x store or x farm there's not much else to tell you I don't think I have a bit of a chat with Harry I, I came back here late last night to make sure he wasn't you know, unconscious, lying at the bottom of a steep ladder. And I thought, I know, I'll interview someone regarding the miserable job of grain drying, which is 24-7, five weeks on the trot. These guys have been working really hard to get the stuff into condition. And, yeah, it's not a fun job. It's not in any way glamorous, and it's hard work. But it does give you the opportunity to earn your spurs and understand the dynamic of the product. So young Harry and Tom, I'll have him on in a week or two's time, are both coming into our business as people trading with farmers. And the beauty of it is they're not just going to be wet behind the ears college types. These are going to be lads who've got experience in the actual product and they've learned an awfully large amount about malting barley, about what germs, what doesn't, and all of the other tricks that go on. So hopefully that will stand them in great stead. Anyway, with that, you can listen to young Harry. And thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. I hope the north of England gets kinder weather than what the forecast says. And yeah, let's keep holding our breath for something good to happen. Thanks very much and catch you next week. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications, informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Doing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download. And with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at doinggrain.co.uk. Tonight is tonight because it's 20 past eight. I just popped back to see how Harry was getting on with the grain drying overnight. So Harry, hello. Hello. And Harry has appeared briefly on one of our podcasts before. And Harry and his colleague Tom are going to be joining Doing Grain on the farm buying side in the autumn, aren't you, Harry? Yep, very much looking forward to it. He said, (laughs) promoted already. This is really topical because Harry and Tom, between them, have covered the night shift at Aylsham, which has been a continuous five weeks worth of drying 24-7, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. It's been a pretty full-on drying year this year with it being so wet. But we managed to get through it. We're coming out on the other side now. Yeah, not quite there. Still lots of field standing. But hopefully there'll be the odd, heaven forbid, dry field actually being cut now as we get towards the end. There's stuff coming in today was kind of, it was, there were some dry ones in there. But there's still a few flat fields out there. So some of them were ranging up to 17% first thing this morning. And people are just going for it, aren't they? Yeah. The last two loads I saw as I came in were still about 16% as well. At the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. So it's a never-ending wet harvest, which is great. But the reason I wanted to talk to Harry is because the nitty-gritty of being the the person who does the night shift... I mean, the the guys have been drying all day, and you've alternated weeks, although you've done a three-week stint, and Tom's got another week to do after this. But, you know, it's hard work, isn't it? Particularly arduous, per se, collecting a sample every 15 minutes and checking it. But climbing up all of those ladders, doing all of those things with the sleep disruption. It's not easy, is it? It's definitely a, a bit of a, a shock to the system. But, yeah, if you have a problem because you're on your own, it's, it's a lot harder to deal with. But I think overall we've managed to get through it. Yeah. Well. The thing is, when you first came here three years ago, you, you just did nights, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And the thing with that was it was just going to be a summer job, wasn't it? 
Yeah, so I never really foresaw that it'd be my life would go the way it's gone, but I'm very grateful it has. Well, we kidnapped you, you know. Yeah. You know, but, we're, um, we're forcing you to stay here. Thank I get you very that. much for doing that. <laughs> The point is it's kind of evolved, isn't it? And, and my, my logic on this, and the reason why you and Tom, are, I think, are going to be successful in this industry is because you, you're not just wet behind the ears college boys who are very, very clever. I mean, you did go to uni, didn't you, which mm-hmm. is breaking all my rules. But the fact you've served your three-year sentence of doing nights and been the door manager along with Tom the last 12 months, yeah. you know, working full-time with us in the store, doing the, the shit jobs... You know, shoveling out E3 when it's not, you know, it's clogged up or shoveling out some of the manky stuff isn't fun either, is it? No, but we've briefly spoken about this before. It's, I think it's hugely beneficial to me and Tom that we've been through that all. That experience. Bottom, done all the, the worst jobs possible. Yeah, because no farmer can say, oh, that's right for you, you don't understand. Yeah. Because you do, you've really done it for much more than they'll ever do in their life. You know, 24,000 tonnes a year for three years is more tonnage than most of them will get to do. And they've quite often got other people doing that actual shite job, haven't they? Yeah. So you, you'll understand about, you know, the temperature grain has to be for the molster to have a still germinating grain. Yeah. So what, what is our grain temperature? In the dryer and in the silos. The grain temperature whilst it's in the dryer? Whilst it's in the dryer, if it's the barley, we're kind of keeping it about 37, 38 degrees. Absolute um, max. Max, yeah. And then we can push it a bit higher, but it's luckily not been too wet this year. So we're kind of cruising about 40 degrees with wheat. Yeah, wheat we're piling through because we haven't got to keep yeah. the germ. We're not trying to save the hagberg because we're feed wheat. But the malting barley, we've been gentle. We've gone, you know, the bulk of it. You know, we've been doing the same thing for as long as I've been at Aylsham, you know. So 1996 I came and, you know, so far we've not had any cock-ups on our germinations. So we have a system that works, you know. Generally, it, I think the... Where the temperature probe is, it says about 37. I think the actual grain temperature is about 34, 35 max. Where is the thermometer in the grain bin? We, we don't know. It's a 23-year-old dryer. I should know that. I don't know that. Mm. What I do know is consistently the stuff comes out and it grows, so we're not doing it wrong. You know, it's interesting when people ask us that question, isn't it? Because we have been asked that question, and it's like, well, I don't know. We aim at getting it 35, and we seem to be successful every single year with the germinations holding, so... Yeah, but you'll know, you'll have knowledge now, won't you? So when you talk to a farmer about his malting barley, you'll be able to talk with great authority on, you know, you know you got you mustn't cook it, mate, or something like that if you spot them doing it. Yeah, 100%. Because a lot of people don't know that. They just don't, they know they've got to be gentle, but they don't actually know how to do it or what to do and how far you can push it. Because some people are overcautious and it takes forever to dry and you've got to get a balance in that. Yeah, it can be a waste of time and money, but... Yeah, luckily through you guys, Tom and me have been given training for like the HDB, AIC and stuff like that. It's been very helpful. Yeah, as I say, it's, you're going to be an expert, Harry. <laughs> you're going to say, listen, just, I'm an expert, just, you know, just give you grain to me because I am an expert, which is, works every time. Yeah. But there's the other observations that Orns this year, we were worried about Orns because last year was hideous, wasn't it, for stuff that wasn't fit. Yeah, we had holding bins blocking up left, right and centre. Yeah. You know, so this year this stuff was genuinely ripe because it kept raining and you could, they couldn't get to it. So we didn't have that misery. We haven't been shoveling out and the tops of the elevators haven't been blocked. And so it's been a, a treat in that sense, hasn't it? Yeah, it's gone a lot smoother in, in some aspects. But obviously every year is different. I had our battles this year as well. but There's less muck in there, isn't there? The chaff. Yeah, it's been a lot cleaner growing. It's just it's been riper. 
and ready to go. Some of the this year more than ever the fans on the top, the extraction fans, they kept getting a film or residue on, didn't they? We've had to clean the them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know what that's all about. I must I'm be not really sure why. Must be muckier grain, mustn't it? Dustier. Yeah, but I don't know because we also had the the fans changed yeah. at the start of this harvest, so I felt that could be a contributing factor. I can vaguely remember it being there being more need to clean it in an, in another wet year, and I can't I can't place why. It's normally when we stop the thing for a little while, isn't it? And mm. it gets a chance to you're moving stuff either direct, and the dryer's sitting there still moist, and, and I guess dust is still filing around the system and collects on the fan, and then makes yeah. it uneven. Then it starts rattling, and then it breaks, and then we're screwed. So yeah. <laughs> that has been a price to pay. We're aware of that, but the actual awns, chaff, and the amount of muck that comes out the top is, is markedly reduced, which has been a treat, isn't it? It has been a relentless five weeks' worth of drying, and I'm sure anyone out there who's got a dryer is sympathising with this. And everyone who says, well, that all he does is the drying, is an easy life, it isn't, is it? No, there's a lot more to it than, um, than meets the eye. Yeah, so when we actually get, you know, harvest time, I guess you're going to need a couple of minutes off after the, like, not getting any sleep and so on, before I kick you out on the farm. I don't know, 12 hours, <laughs> going to turn it round. Exactly, the, the excitement of youth. So, you know, out there in the Norfolk countryside, we've got two young, determined young men who are going to be out in your faces trying to get more customers and fighting the evil enemy wherever we possibly can. I mean, we'd better give Tom his moment on air because he'll have podcast envy now, won't he? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so just well, while, as he's going to listen to this, and should we have a beer together? Yes, also, I'm going to have this very colourful thing, Beavertown Neck Oil. And what have you got, Harry? I'm having a Malt Coast Lager. Uh, that's, that's one of Teddy, or one of Bruin Morph's beers. That's up there at Holcomb. Looks smart. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Josh got them last week. I've just poured a great big head on mine because I'm holding a mic and I can't do it. Yeah, you can, this is your opener. What you're supposed to do is drink it and then pass a very considered opinion on the quality of it. Yeah, yeah that's lively, wasn't it? Sorry, we'll mop that up in a minute. He's done the traditional open a bottle and it isn't quite as, as quiet as it should be. You're right. That's I'm what we'll sure get. happened last time. <laughs> there you go, well done. Yeah, so I'm now going to have a slurp just to do the official slurp that you have to do on this podcast. Yeah, tastes lovely, same as everything else does about half past eight at night. What about that? How, how do you get on with that? Have a, have a get through that great big head. Oh, yeah, I like that. There you go. Bruin, he's, you've got a winner there, you've got someone... Yeah, that was a good lager. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, we've done the beer, we've discussed drying in the middle of a harvest of miserable drying. Yeah, I know the north of England is still really just getting into this, and Scotland have got most of their harvest still ahead of them. I hope the weather breaks for you, so you don't have exactly what we've just had, because this has been, I would say, in my top three... Most difficult harvests, there you go. Really? And I've had a few harvests in my time. Yeah. Bearing in mind last year's baptism of you being in charge of the store was probably the, the easiest. easiest. <laughs> yeah. So all that like, yeah, best nice job. Well, at easy. least we can now say we've done one easy one and one hard one. Yeah, no, there's, well, Rob, who was managing it previously, was like, God, really, boy, got it really easy. <laughs> this year he's, well, he's yeah. not, he definitely can't give us can't that. Say I think that was, for, if it's your first harvest, it's a baptism of fire. I also think that possibly last harvest, every single sample was perfect, wasn't it? So if you were a buyer, you'd look at everything and it would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like we didn't have to worry about any 
any diseases in the grain and stuff and any any grain going mouldy which is a lot easier so mm. this year was a bit of a learning curve of all of that mm. how to watch out for fusarian and shit mm. no no that's right you can say that word on this podcast it's not listen with mother which you don't even know what I'm talking about I say listen with mother anyway <laughs> yeah you're right that's a good description and you know we're going to have well we're doing dons and zons at the moment we're actually with intolerance at the moment from what we've seen so hopefully it's okay and we seem to be through the bulk of it. I, I do think Norfolk is slightly ahead of the curve on harvest. And I know that Lincolnshire and Yorkshire have got well on, but they've still got a fair bit to go. But it's further north than that. They're probably 10% into it. And at the moment, the weather doesn't look like it's going to be very kind to them either. But they're kind of a little more used to it, I guess. Mm. But we've, uh, we've been very lucky with our kind of break in the weather. Yeah. So anyway, I think as a quick, brief, grab Harry, have a conversation about the guys we're going to send out on farm not just in the classroom, not wet behind the ears. They've got themselves grubby and they've earned their spurs to get out there. So you know, hopefully they can talk to you, understanding your problems in difficult harvests. So Harry, you know, look forward to meeting some of this lot listening out here. And, yeah. and if you want to speak to Harry face to face, we'll put his picture on the mugshot and you can know who to look out for. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Harry. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, I'm looking forward to starting June. Good man. Right, you lot, we need a bit of a favour. We would like you to give us a five-star rating on the podcast. Please give us a review if you want to. All you have to do is like and subscribe and give us five stars. Okay? That's, that's it. Simple little request. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio, a full-service creative agency specialising in websites, digital marketing and branding. Get in touch to inquire with their friendly team on info at eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk. 